Welcome to Problematic As Fuck, the show where we take controversial topics and make them conversational. We dare to have the conversations you are too scared to have that challenge the status quo and interrogate the times we are living in. One, One fucked up comment at a time. I'm B. And I'm Fee. And today's problematic opinion is. This week's problematic opinion is that you, yes, you, listening to this podcast, you killed your favorite artist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and we're not kidding. Just kidding. We are. But um, yeah, this week's problematic opinion is about how when we listen to artists who have a lot of pain and they sing about their pain and then a couple months later we find out that they have passed away or they overdosed on drugs um are we to blame for that Mm. did we kill our favorite artists hectic yeah i don't know why i'm laughing (laughs) i got a dark sense of humor but for real so yeah as fee said um, today we'll be talking about suffering for your art um, and just looking at, you know, if there's a connection between mental health and creative genius. Um, some examples that you've seen so far is Kanye. I know I always come back to Kanye, but like, I'm not ready to let him go. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, other examples are just like, you know, Sylvia Plath. She was an author who essentially stuck her head in an oven Mm -hmm. while her kids were sleeping in the other room. She's like a world-renowned author. Another example is like Virginia Woolf. She walked into a river and drowned herself. Um, You know, Basquiat as well, who's a fine artist. He overdosed on heroin. Heath Ledger, who was an actor. Um, Is it, where's the Joker? Is it Batman? Um, Yes. Yeah, Batman. It is Batman. Um, yeah, the Joker from Batman who apparently couldn't differentiate between himself and um, being the Joker anymore. And so he used to take medicines for that to try and differentiate and then eventually overdose. So, yeah, we'll be looking at, you know, that. Basically. Those kind of artists. Yeah. Who, and then there's the people. I mean, those are like kind of um, some of the older, more um, like really famous artists who have defined a decade, for example. But yeah. then... Uh, there's the infamous like 27 club have you heard of the 27 club no i have not who's 27 so club? the 27 club so to speak is the group of um i think it's usually mu- musicians okay who die around the age of 27 hectic yeah um and so there's people i mean there's a lot of like rock stars on this list okay but i mean it, it used to be this kind of legend that if you have young fame and you blow up too quick somehow either the fame or the lifestyle or the like um vulnerability of putting yourself out there at such a young age Mm. somehow affects you and you can only make it to 27 um, before somehow you die so a lot of these guys have died there's people on this list i mean they're they're rock stars i don't really want to name a lot of them but let me just kurt cobain Jimi hendrix yeah um mac miller is a part of the so-called 27 club Club. there's a lot of um young rappers recently like triple x well but he died for a different reason but um (laughs) Yeah, like there's a lot of like these young uh, rappers. rappers who have died very recently, either because of overdoses or things like that. Amy Winehouse as mm. well, she died around the same age. So it's just about thinking about like, why are these people, like how as viewers or um, consumers. consumers of yeah. art, how, how are we affecting people and actually feeding into this, like into their deaths, yeah. so to speak? Well, I think... Look, I think a lot of the times these artists, when they do eventually pass away, their semblance of their pain that you have 
sort of consumed in their music right so a lot of the times it's almost not a surprise to find out that like for example amy winehouse i know we were making this joke earlier but like she said that guys I need to go to rehab. Yeah. And we were like, no, no, no. So, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, make another album, girl. And I think it's because, you know, um, we as consumers relate more to pain and sadness, etc. Mm. Um, and consume that more than, you know, happy music or happy films or happy things. And so I think a lot of the times these artists are under incredible pressure to keep producing that kind of music. Yeah. Um, and, and it sort of come, becomes part of their identity. So, for example, Eminem now. Who even listens to Eminem now? <laughs> like, to sober Eminem Ooh. anyway. <laughs> right? Like, we yeah. were listening to him when we were talking about, like, hating his mom and, like, you know. And heavily on drugs. And heavily on drugs as well. So, I think a part of us as consumers relate more to that darker side. And I wonder if musicians are not just or not just musicians but actors as well if they're a lot of their art is an extension of what is happening in society and Mm. is a reflection of what's happening in society and a lot more people are willing to relate to the heaviness the sadness than they do to happiness yeah i think there's a couple of parts to this yeah so the first part sounds like what does it take for an artist to produce a piece of work Mm. so so when you're talking about it comes from a place of sadness sometimes it can it can come from a place of sadness but it might not necessarily be sad Mm. so you can it can take a lot of like emotional mental energy to produce something um and it can look very happy for example but the process we don't fully understand Mm. and so we might be able to engage with something like who knows what pharrell was feeling when he made that happy happy. yeah and i know we're (laughs) jumping from artist to artist but it's like there is something about the process of making art that requires a level of vulnerability. Yeah. And it's not easy to get to that space. It's not easy to put it on a piece of paper or put it on like anything and then just present it to people. Right. Yeah. So there's that one part of it, which is like, okay, what does it take for an artist to make the work? Mm. Um, and then it's like the product that they make, mm. whether it's happy or sad and how we engage in, with it. Right. Mm. And then the, how we engage with it, feeds back into whether or not they're going to make more of that art. Exactly. That makes sense. So if it took a lot of like mental anguish for them to make a song and we all love it, then they, then the feedback we're giving is Mm. that keep doing that because we're going to keep loving it. Exactly. And we're going to keep buying it and you're going to keep being relevant and you're going to keep being relevant. Like there's a reason we all rejoice when Adele goes through a breakup because we know we can expect a new album, right? We know we can be out here like chasing pavements with her. We're here, (laughs) we're here girl. You know, and like a lot of the times when she's, you know, in a happy relationship, she doesn't release music. So it's like, mm. what, like what's happening? You know, um, like I know I have a personal experience where I was, you know, with someone who was creative and they said that I make them too happy. Mm. So they couldn't, they <laughs> so couldn't, they couldn't create. They couldn't make yeah. it. Mm, yeah. So, and, and that leads me to my next um, question is, you know, we, we have this concept of the tortured soul and the, you know, like the artist that's going through a lot and that's how they create their art, etc. Um, do you think if that is stripped away, like who do they become? Right? Because a lot of the times, a lot of them, that becomes part of their identity. And because art is, you know, a way to 
sort of express yourself and it's a cathartic process Mm -hmm. do you think that's why a lot of them probably don't go to therapy because they feel like the work that i am producing is therapeutic within itself yeah yeah that's a tough one because if it is therapeutic um we would see i feel like we would see fewer people continue to have like overdoses and things Mm. from producing that amount of art yeah or that kind of art it's like it might help I don't know and I'm not a psychologist so I don't know how it's gonna help maybe in the short term it helps to be able to like put it out there but in the long term you, the demons are still there yeah um, the feelings are still there and yeah you're still being forced to like interact with those feelings every time you make something new mm. and I think like there is a, a role that like you know an audience plays in, in feeding in trying to like in feeding into that mentality and like consuming that art mm. but i think the, the there's something that maybe the two of us don't fully understand is the role that like the art industry or the mm. music industry itself plays mm. so like recording labels put a huge amount of pressure on you know mass on big yeah. artists to consistently produce a, a large amount of art because you need to meet the contract mm. obligations you need to make 12 songs or however many songs um and you know like if you don't have the if you only have inspiration enough for like one song um, you know what a great thing that cocaine does? <laughs> it gives you inspiration. It gives you fucking energy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's how it starts. It's like if you yeah. if you use certain kinds of drugs, it's going to the perception is that it's going to help you, and then you and then like you you kind of spiral into harder things, and like that's I don't know. That's kind of how I imagine it works with the pressure of the music industry and the yeah. drugs that enable because. A lot of, yeah, I mean, a lot of artists use these kind of drugs and yep. it is for um, stamina and inspiration and all those kinds of things that they have labeled it as for. Mm. But in, in like if you're giving this to like a young child or a 21 year old person, like obviously it's going to have repercussions in the next like five to seven years. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know if I answered your question. No, it, it makes sense. And I think to your point of like putting incredibly like a lot of pressure on artists we as consumers do that as well, right? Mm-hmm. Because when an artist is not releasing an album, we're all here on Twitter or, you know, they'll yeah. post a, an Instagram of them having lunch with their kid and we'll say, we'll comment like, girl, when you drop in Where's your the album, album? Where's Rihanna? the album? <laughs> <laughs> no, right? but the crazy thing is, especially now with things like Spotify, Apple Music and yeah. all that kind of things, like we want music like quick. Re- like quick. Yeah. And we want, like you need to, it's not like back in the day where you know, there'd be, like, one physical CD mm. in a year. Mm. Like, now, if an artist drops a, an album in January, you're, like, in June, you're, like, um, what oh, have you uh, been doing? <laughs> what are you Get doing? <laughs> exactly. So there is a lot of pressure, especially now, yeah. to consist, like, constantly produce art. And I wonder what kind of effect that has on, like, the young artists that are coming up in this time and, like, the pressure that it puts on them and things like that. Um yeah and i think it's not a surprise then that a lot of them do turn to these substances i mean beyonce rehearsed for coachella i think something like eight months mm. for a two-hour show yeah and in that time she was eating apples jeez still didn't, <laughs> did she win anything for that by the way i actually don't know yeah that's but a separate conversation. yeah that's a separate conversation <laughs> but it's things like that like they put themselves under so much pressure not only them but the audience as well for them to constantly reproduce right and mm. it's like this whole thing of when will we as consumers realize that artists are humans first as well, right? Yeah. And are we okay just... with them being humans first, mm, though? That's a good question. No, we're not. Yeah. We're not. 
we Bec- always yeah no we're not yeah because i mean i'm thinking about kanye again mm-hmm. and like he he low-key like low-key high-key had a mental breakdown yeah just very recently and you know there were two there were two kind of perspectives on that some people were like hey be patient with him he's got like mental issues and he's working through them and you guys say give grace to people and here's someone public facing who's Mm. having a mental breakdown and you're not giving him grace Mm. and yet you're being very judgmental whereas um you know there's other group wait did i already yeah so there's like the two groups of people right that are that have perspectives about that but nobody i don't know like we still want him to release an album. He's yeah. promised us an album. We still want him to release his shoes. He's promised the shoes. So I think like... And those shoes are ugly though. Let's be uh, real. It's next generation. I don't know. It's not my... It's not, it's not my... You're just not the target market. Yeah, I'm not the target market. Um, but yeah, I mean like... Are, are we as... Con- like if we love Kanye... Mm. Would we be willing to be like... Hey dude, put your shoes on hold. Mm-hmm. Like we actually will boycott you buying these we'll shoes we'll boycott buying your <clears throat> shoes before you get help mm. I don't know if that's even more helpful or less helpful to him but to say like we care about you as a person before we care about your art why? Yeah, because who you are yeah. is what creates the art and I don't think that like I think the cool thing now is that social media allows us to in some way have engagement with you know with, artists yeah. in a way that consumers probably never had before mm-hmm. um, and so how are we using that kind of like power to to push positive and healthy messages to people who often are like overworked mm. and under a lot of pressure. That's a good point, actually. I don't think that we use it to that effect. Um, just like Twitter, for example, is mm. an absolute pits. Like, yeah. <laughs> like in terms of, and I think having more access to your artists is both a blessing and a curse mm. because one yes it, it is a little bit more intimate you are able to see them um past just the music etc but at the same time too much access is also an issue because then it's interesting because you'd think that more ex the more access you have to them the more you see them as human mm. but sometimes it's like the more access you have the more you feel like you can just say drop an album exactly you know yeah and I don't really care about what's happening with your mental right now. Just drop the album. So, yeah, I think consumers definitely have a very big role to play with that. So, yeah. So, do you think that... So, do you, do you still think that we kill our favorite artists? <laughs> I think because a lot of the art that's produced, we relate to, right? And... Yeah. Because we always want them to produce that kind of art and because when they produce that kind of art a lot of them are often intoxicated or a lot of them are often um in a very bad place in their lives and because we keep consuming it that sends a signal to them to say this is the stuff that we like to consume and so for them to consume that they can only do that when they are in those kinds of certain Mm -hmm. mind states or when they are you know intoxicated or whatever and because that is what it is i think to an extent yeah yeah i think to an extent we as consumers are responsible for so if you know that the artists that you're listening to their process of creating art is unhealthy Mm. if somehow you know that right Mm. and and like yeah i really encourage you guys if you after listening to this podcast to watch i've said this to be all the time to watch the amy winehouse documentary documentary because 
throughout that documentary like she's been crying out for help constantly mm. asking her you know managers producers her family members to be like guys i love to sing i love to make music mm. but i don't like the pressure of this industry i don't like the pressure of trying to create an album in 3 months <laughs> and having like there was a point where she was on stage and they said I'm sorry we booked this concert and you have to go and sing and she was like I don't feel it at all like I'm I don't want to be out there right now yeah. and they said and you signed it you have to go Excellent. and she stood on the stage drunk and just stood there what yeah she just stood on stage and people were booing her and like I think I, I don't know about you know at that time whether or not people understood that the process she was undergoing and she was taking drugs mm. and drinking and the breakups and the pressure that's what that was what was producing the music that she was making. I don't think people understood that. But if we know that it is unhealthy mm. and that your art, your favorite artist's process is unhealthy, I think there is some level of responsibility. responsibility to kind of pull away from that and be like, "Hey, like take care of yourself first because I know I'm not I might not have you for the next yeah. 10 years if you don't." Yeah. Um so yeah, I think that's a part of like loving art. I agree. It's loving the point. artist as a person. Yeah. So I guess it also goes back to um the fact that we do that with other things right like um for example if something happens politically people yeah. will then often either stop supporting that brand H&M for example when it did that whole campaign with the black kid and like there was a hoodie and the hoodie said monkey or whatever mm. um people were quick to like <laughs> you know boycott you know boycott that. So if we're able to yeah. do it with situations like boycotting brands or you know boycotting a certain TV show because the the person who created it is Harvey Weinstein for mm. example who's a sexual predator can we then extend it to um situations where you do support an artist and they haven't done anything wrong yeah. but can you also then apply the same energy um in that situation where mm-hmm. you're like listen you haven't done anything wrong we really love you but you need to go get help yeah and because until you go get help we're not going to consume your stuff so that would be the ideal <laughs> that that in my mind that's the most loving thing to do i agree but how's that person going to eat yay you know what i mean <laughs> cuz at the end of the day i just thought about it now i'm like at the end of the day yes we can also be loving and be like take care of yourself but then they I, don't I, have money. Yeah, I don't have money to go take care exactly. of myself to go and to therapy. Exactly. And it's not in the interests of a record company mm. to say take 6 months off when they signed you for a year and they need three albums out of you. Yeah. So like again, there is that kind of responsibility for us as consumers, but a lot of the times it's business. Mm. It's business. The bottom line is albums make money mm. and if it's going to take a little bit of pain for you to to produce yeah. an album like just a little bit of cooking yeah, you'll be fine exactly just, then you know, they just, just kind of look away and you make the money that's hectic yeah does it work the same with athletes hmm i suppose with athletes it's like you can the pain is visible like and by visible i mean you play a game of basketball or whatever you get injured you have to take time off to go heal. But, but I wonder if it's, yeah, you still yeah, you still do get paid. But I wonder um if it's more with artists a lot of the times it's more mental. So you can't really see where they've been hurt. Yeah. You know, like I guess with athletes it's like well, you broke your leg, you can't play. So 
you can't play so go take time off and go for therapy yeah honestly yeah if you if, the, if you guys know of any athletes i can't say i know any athletes this dennis he, rodman you know dennis rodman yeah he was kind of off the rails a little bit um and i think after chicago bulls after their last season or whatever other players got traded and he just got fired because they were like mm. actually you're a destruction to yourself so i suppose it doesn't apply to athletes oh i suppose yeah i don't know but i mean uh, with with team sports i guess it's different because you're supporting a whole team mm. you're not and 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 for a manager of a team in that way again the risk is diversified <laughs> so so if you lose like one great player on I your team i can just take the person on the bench to like yeah it'll be bad yeah, for the true. team and true. the team will need to readjust but you can kind of replace that person for individual sports i think if i think about maybe like serena williams yeah. and what she went through with her pregnancies mm. uh well her pregnancy and you know um the complications with that um but well, i i can't even say anything cuz she bounced back so quick yeah, and she <laughs> also she also like aggressively claimed her like her agency in yeah. that she was like I'm not going to play mm. because I'm actually going through all of this kind of stuff with my pregnancy so like if you guys don't like that then sorry mm. but she's also like one of the best paid athletes so well. she can also take that <laughs> risk to be like I'm not going to play for a year and I'll still be fine yeah um but do you think that the onus is also then on the artist like I understand the onus being on you know the consumer to say listen mm-hmm. go take care of yourself but to what extent does the artist also have agency to be like actually nah i need to go get myself right yeah because it's it's i think it, it's one thing to have you know your tribe rally behind you mm. but if you yourself as an artist don't see the need to go for therapy or yeah, go fix yourself true. then it's like you know that's true and you know who did that who august oh wow august alcino yes oh. He did that. He took some time to himself to get himself better, to get his mental right so that to he be can aligned. come like divulge how he was <laughs> so meeting another man's wife so that he yeah. could so that he could produce a tw- like a 21 single album which 27. is what <laughs> 27 single album that no one ever wants to talk about. He also produced a documentary. Okay? <laughs> But yeah, August actually did that work. I think I'm yeah. sure there's a lot of different artists who Um even I think Rihanna to a certain point also was yeah. like hey like I'm working on myself like I know you guys want this from me. So I do think yeah there's Dave Chappelle as well I think. Yeah. Took some time off. He was like I think he left the show that he was doing. Mm. Came to Africa as they like to say. <laughs> um came to South Africa and just chilled and just disappeared for some time and then went back. Yeah. So I think the I think the point is that like there's a lot of I guess forces at play mm. and a lot of people who have some responsibility or some like piece of the pie to play in this and you know if you if the artist that you are supporting isn't at a stage where they like I'm like therapy is not important to me I actually don't see a problem whatever mm. I have therapy through my art I have therapy through my <laughs> art I'm yeah. not going to be destructive my process is healthy or whatever else um I think we just need to be more fundamentally critical consumers of art mm. and not just look at something or listen to something and be you know overwhelmed or taken by the art itself but also like 
be yeah critical consumers and look like deeper into what is the process mm. how is this person and i know like people don't want to do that no that's just listen people <laughs> that's it. people don't want to do that they want to dance they want to listen to a good song yeah. i get it but what hurts the most is like finding out someone that you love you loved and you know that you li- literally grew up with the music you grew up with um somehow you know took their life or was a, like um you know died of an overdose or something mm-hmm. and you have and you as a consumer have no idea why mm. you know what i mean yeah. and even i mean like if we talk about double hp yeah uh, i personally procade Pro- well he didn't take his well ish yeah but apparently he was also very depressed but really yeah, anyway. yeah but i mean like i as a consumer have i couldn't say i know why and we don't have to know why we're not his friend but when you i don't know when you feel i guess uh, yeah complicated because <laughs> that's another thing yeah. when you listen to art when you listen to music or you you feel like you connected with the person but you're not yeah and i don't think they do they even want you to be Oof. that's an interesting question i think because a lot of a lot of the art that artists produce is an extension of self like i don't think it's possible to produce something and be separated from what you're producing especially with anything creative um so i mean yes yeah, like yeah i think every creative process even as a writer if you're writing a script as if you're making music some elements of you are in there mm-hmm. so to an extent yes an audience can say that they know you because what you did was an extension of self um and yeah and i think look this is not to say now when a new song comes out you have to like sit there and if the person is singing about i become so numb like for you to be like oh shame what's up with linkin park who's also well the leader also took his own life mm-hmm. but um i think i think if that's a trend in the music then yes you have to be a critical consumer mm, okay and at least have the conversation you know and you're right i think that is how you show love yeah. like it's one thing to buy tickets and come to my concert but a lot of the times when when you speak to artists a lot of them feel really alone mm-hmm. despite being able to fill up stadiums with thousands and thousands of people you know um i was reading an article on avicii the dj the swedish dj who also took his own life yeah. um and a lot of the things that he was grappling with is just like existential stuff like what am i actually doing here you know and it's like i guess it also then leads into the whole conversation about can money buy you happiness which is a separate conversation because i think it can but um, but yeah it, it, i think it's important to be cognizant of those things as a consumer so yeah let us know what you think um this was probably a little bit somber yeah. <laughs> um yeah that's not to say you know be in the club and be like you know, a song comes on and you're like oh wait this person's not okay yeah. can you hear the lyrics <laughs> some people don't some people are completely fine you know, some a lot people of are arts, fine yeah the majority of artists are completely fine are they though i don't know <laughs> that, that's a bold that's a bold statement but i think like yeah a lot of music we can just listen to mindlessly but i do think there should be some responsibility like i said mm-hmm. um so them. with that being said do you think that there is a link between mental health and um creative genius 
Yeah. Or poor mental health, rather. Poor mental... More like... I don't even know if I'd call it poor mental health or like... Like... A level of like... Not even introspection, but just like... Mm. um, Willing... Willingness to engage with yourself more. Mm. And sometimes that results in poor mental health. Mm. Um... Because like, you are constantly, within, you're constantly self. within self, yeah. and then like you're saying, like it's an it's a very um, isolating field. Mm. So you can have a bunch of fans, but you still feel very alone. Mm. Um, so I think there are elements of the music inter- industry that, like the music industry, I don't know about the art industry as a whole, but definitely the music industry that do need to change. Mm. I don't know how, but I think from a consumer's side, there is a point where we do need to be a bit more responsible about people who are consistently telling us through their art. That they're not okay. That they need to go to rehab. That they need to go and to rehab. And we said no, no, no. Yep, and we, <laughs> we we got another album out of her and nothing else. Sure. Okay. Right. Let us know um, what you guys think about the idea that there are connections between mental health and art and whether a tortured soul is a part of an artistic identity that you know can't be stripped away and whether or not we should engage with that mm. um, as consumers send us your comments follow us on instagram at problematic aff underscore aff mm-hmm. or alternatively if you like more official channels of communication you can email us um at f problematic af problematic at gmail.com you can also find us on finally Apple Podcasts. We are finally on Apple Podcasts, so follow us there. Please comment there. Please rate the podcast as well um, so that we can get paid for this eventually. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you can also find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, um, TuneIn, Anchor, Podbean, all of your podcasts. Wherever you find platform, your podcasts, that's where we're there. there. Amen. <laughs> Thanks for listening, y'all. Bye. Also, we value your opinions on topics, so follow us on our social media channels to share your comments, get more information about topics, and get updates about our next episode. Thank you for listening to Problematic as Fuck.